Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I am so thrilled you're here. Happiness Solved is dedicated to giving you content that is empowering, motivational, inspirational, and of course, a dose of happiness. It's my way to give back to the world and share other people's stories. This thing called life can be challenging, and my guests share their amazing stories, wisdom, and life lessons that demonstrate anyone can choose happiness. You see, happiness is a journey, not a destination. I am Sandy Scarlatta, America's happiness coach, author of Happiness Solved. I'm also a retired U.S. national and international figure skating coach. I have a gold medal in ice dancing. I've been a certified life coach since 2004, and I've been inspiring others to shift their mindset and choose happiness for over 20 years. I am so excited to share that my next book is coming out soon. I am a co-author in the fastest growing personal development book series in the world with Jim Lutz and Jim Britt. The really cool thing is that the foreword was written by the one and only Les Brown, and for my copies, I'm on the cover with him. If you would like a free copy when it's available, email me at sandy at sandyscarlotta.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I am so grateful for you. Today's guest is Karina Manta. Karina is an American ice dancer who competed internationally with her partner, Joe Johnson, for Team USA. She and Joe toured with Cirque du Soleil and recently won the title of Britain's reality show, Dancing on Ice. Karina was the first female figure skater to come out and says that she and Joe are known for making the sport of ice dancing a little bit gayer. Her recent memoir is called On Top of Glass, My Stories as a Queer Girl in Figure Skating. This was such a fun interview for me, and I told Karina after we were done recording that she is who I wanted to be when I grew up, but I was a figure skater in the wrong decade. Enjoy, everyone. Hi, Karina. I'm so excited for this interview. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. Okay. So for those that don't know, I I think the I interviewed your brother, and that episode is going to be released before this one. But it was so funny because when I was done, when we were done recording, he goes, how are you connected with the figure skating world? And I'm like, well, you know, I coached and, you know, made it to be a U.S. national and international figure skating coach against all odds, right? You know, the figure skating world. Mm -hmm. I started coaching, had no titles or medals under my belt. Like I never competed out of my region as a figure skater. So there, you know you know, the world, mm -hmm. it's all, all the coaches have usually at least have been to us nationals and this and that. So I was just very lucky, but it was just so funny. And then I, he tells me that you were his, you're his sister. 
And I was like, oh my gosh. And and then I, I said to him, I was like, well, here's my email. Can you email me? And then I did. And I was like, darn it. I should have gotten his email because his publicist scheduled the interview mm-hmm. for me. So I don't get their contact information. Okay. But I was like so thrilled that he actually followed through and introduced <laughs> me the next day. And I was like, oh my gosh. I know. he. Well, he messaged me and he told me he was like, it's on this podcast. Um, she's involved in Ice Dance. She's a writer. And I was like, how do we not know each other already? I know. Because I'm a lot older than you. <laughs> <laughs> we know each other now, though. <laughs> we know each other now. So I want to hear all about your story because it's actually very, very unique in the figure skating world. Yeah. So tell us about your story. I won't give it away. I want you. I want to hear it from you. So how... Full circle, like, how did you get into skating? What was it like for you? And then I may jump in and ask some questions. Yeah, for sure. We'll start from the beginning. Um, I grew up in Arizona, uh, where you wouldn't think there's a lot of ice, but I went to a birthday party and an ice rink um, as a kid when I was like about five uh, and fell in love um, and begged my parents to take me to skating lessons. Um, and then from there, I just, you know, kept skating. Um, I was a single skater for a long time, um, competed out of Arizona. Uh, I wasn't a fantastic single skater. I didn't really get out of my region or anything. Um, but then some ice dance coaches, um, moved to where I was training and I just thought this is, this is what it is for me. And for people who don't know the difference between like ice dance and singles, um, singles is the jumps, um, you skate by yourself and then ice dance is sort of more like, if you could imagine ballroom dancing on the ice with a partner, um, no jumps, but uh, really intricate footwork um, and more dancey. Um, so I was 16 and there weren't any boys to skate with in Arizona. So I moved to Colorado Springs to start training with a partner. Now, who um, did you train with there? Um, so I my first partner was a boy named Jonathan Thompson. Um, and I trained with uh, some coaches there. And then after a year, um, I switched partners to my current partner, who we still skate together, Joe Johnson. We trained out of Colorado Springs for several years. Um, nice. Six or seven, yeah. And so so I noticed there was a lot of big news for the UK. You, you came out of the closet. So t- yeah. tell me how, how yeah. what was the order? Was did Joe was did Joe was he first? And then you like how did that happen? Because I don't even know if there's any other female figure skaters that could, you there, know, that are gay. There I don't are know. No. I've never heard of any. We're we're a growing community. Um, well, I would I would imagine. I mean, come on, yeah. this is 2022. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but actually, the the thing that's a little bit sad is like I had never heard of many either. Um, yeah, especially when I was growing up. So when I like started coming out to myself, it was like an extremely isolating experience because I really felt like, like I'm the only person in the world who is experiencing this. Um, and of course, like coming out that opened a lot of doors and introduced me to a lot of people which was beautiful um and and there are some out women in skating now which is um such a joy but going kind of back so joe my partner um who was my competitive partner and now is my professional partner and also he's just like my best friend um he was out actually even before i met him um a couple of news outlets have like gotten this wrong and they've said that like i inspired him to come out which we joke about um okay it's funny but uh yeah he was out he didn't um he sort of like had a more i don't know i don't want to say more casual but um 
a more organic, like some people knew and then more people found out and it just sort of was like a thing. Um, whereas I think as a woman, it was like, I, I tried to have a kind of more organic coming out. Um, but I found that like, until I said something like very definitively and like had like that moment, um, it didn't, the news didn't spread. It was like, people couldn't believe that there was like a queer woman. So I sort of had to have like a more obvious coming out moment. Um, but yeah, it was really special, um, that we both kind of got to to experience that together. Um, our last season competing was really special. Uh, we did a free dance choreographed by Christopher Dean, um, that really like sort of celebrated, um, who we were as people. Um, and I think tried to challenge some like gender norms in the sport. Um, so well, yeah. well, there are gender norms in the sport because everybody automatically assumes if you're a male figure skater that you're gay, and it's that's so not true. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, I, I, I feel bad for all the men out there that just love to skate, you know, and and they get that label, that stereotype attached to them. Yeah, it it is kind of a challenge, um, and I think you know. They, men and women are sort of maybe dealing with different issues in terms of like queer people and skating. And I think even for queer men, it's when that assumption is like pushed onto you. I think I, I have friends who that actually prevented them from coming out for longer because they were like, well, everybody just assumed and I didn't want to, you know, fit their stereotypes. Um, whereas like I was scared that nobody was going to believe me um, because, you know, it is like, the way we see women in skating is um, hyper feminine and um, sort of rigid in terms of what, how we see women um, and and heterosexuality and and in I stance in particular, we want to see that like love story between partners. Right. Um, and so, I thought you know because I'm feminine because I've been in skating, people are not going to. Like, they're going to think I'm doing it for attention or whatever, you know, like, things you hear. Um, right. So. Yeah. But what was that What was that like for you from an emotional standpoint before you came out? And did it help your performance? Like, or did it hinder your performance on the ice? Because mm-hmm. I actually work with ice dancers right now. I'm their mindset coach for multiple well right now I'm just working with one team but we're going to be adding on more teams that we have a big training facility here in Virginia and um and and mindset is such a huge thing as you know it's it's 90% of it did it have any effect on you or did you notice anything before and after um definitely um I mean I do think before I had a lot of like fear and I I was, you know, out in my personal life, but not necessarily out in the skating world for quite a long time. Um, and so I think there was that fear that like certain people, judges, you know, competitors, other coaches, like just people who matter in the sport, there was that fear that like people were going to find out. Um, and I think just any situation where you're like living in fear, you're not going to be your best self um and and it was things that like I was afraid it was going to affect my scores too um because also I mean you know how skating it is like it it is like human beings deciding 
you know, what they like the best. Um, and there was a moment at going to a competition where, you know, somebody had power over me and they saw me just walking in the airport. Um, and they were like, you need to learn how to walk more like a lady. Um, and I'm not going to say just for, you know, private, somebody in the sport who had power over me, um, on my way to an international event. Um, and so that kind of thing where they're like, it matters how you walk around. It matters that you look feminine all the time, even when you're not on the ice. Um, and so obviously like that was hard, um, before I came out. And then I will say like, after I came out, it was very freeing to, to not hold that sort of like secret. And at least for myself, it was like, it helped with some of like the internalized shame. Um, but I will say it was even hard after I came. I think sometimes people are misled <laughs> or like coming out very publicly is challenging as well. Um, and I don't want to be like, oh, I came out and then like everything was better. Um, so that's not exactly how it worked, but it was really cool. And we did receive a lot of support. Like I came out right before Skate America. Um, and we got there and in the crowd, there were like all these pride flags and there had been pride flags at events because Joe had been out before, but like that was the first time that I, I got to feel like they were really like for me too. Um, and, and I wouldn't like take that moment away for anything. And then nationals was so special that year too. Um, and people really like celebrated our program and, and our, our identities, um, but, but also I was, at the time, I was the only queer woman I knew that was competing. Um, and so that kind of was like tokenizing um, because suddenly I was asking, being asked all these questions of like, like be, about being a queer woman in skating. And it felt like I was the only, like I was having to speak for everyone, which is hard. Um, and like, I, it's not a thing I want to do. I just want to speak for myself. Um, so there's still, we've still got work to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, and of course, I mean, our lives are a work in progress anyway. Yeah. You know, I just know that like, like my, my previous work husband, I would call him, yeah. he shared with me that before he came out, that he was almost suicidal at times. And that's the thing that yeah. just breaks my heart mm -hmm. is that, you know, it's because I've just known, because I know so many, so many people in the LGBTQ community, I always mess up those, that acronym up, <laughs> but I know so many people that just had such a, it was such a weight that they lived yeah. with. Yeah. And it's sad. Like, it's just really sad. Yeah, and because think, you know life is short, and you want to embrace who you are, and in our society, while it's better, I don't know how much better it really is. Yeah, and I think right? what's so hard is like people. It's not like people are ever in the closet because they want to be. Right. Usually, it's like there are circumstances in their life that make it unsafe or dangerous or like right. um, personally threatening. Right. to be themselves and so I think this like I, I think sometimes like we conceptualize coming out as like an individual choice and it's like when you make this decision but like there are people who are not it's not on you to be out or not out it's right. it's on everybody around you to make that a space where it's safe for you to do so 
Um, so what, what advice do you have for somebody who's, who's struggling with that? Um, I would say try to find community. Um, and even if it's not in person, people around you community, I mean, I think having Joe literally and figuratively like holding my hand through the process was life-saving for me, um, and, and made it possible for me to be out. Um, but I'm really grateful I had that and I know not everybody has that. Um, but I was, I didn't have a lot of women in my life who were queer. Um, and so I, you know, I looked for books and I looked for movies and I looked online. Um, and I think that's really a gift we have right now is that even if you don't have community immediately around you, you can seek it out in other ways. Um, and I think that can be really life-saving. Yeah. There's, especially with social media, I'm sure there's lots of groups, Facebook groups and things like that, that you'll get plenty of support. Yeah. And you can find your people. I mean, I think it's a, a positive of the story is like, I didn't know any queer women when I was growing up in skating. And then after I came out, um, I sort of like, people, I attracted other queer women because they're like, oh, she's, she's here too. And so they sort of like reached out to me. Um, and, and now I have this like beautiful group of people. I mean, I have like a group chat with some of the girls um, who have been like international competitors who have come out. Uh, Caitlin Weaver and Amber Glenn and uh, Ray Parsons. And so like, it's, it's so special um, that this community that I didn't know was there, like always existed. And we were sort of just waiting for each other. Um, and I promise that's there for everybody. Right. That's, that's great. That's great. So you really downplay, I was looking at your bio on your website, you really downplay your figure skating. <laughs> I know for me, like when I'm a guest on a podcast and I just gloss over that I'm a retired U.S. national international figure skating coach and they were like, wait a second, go back. You're what? <laughs> really? It's like people find that fascinating. And yeah. like, I, I really wasn't even seeking out to be the mindset coach for athletes and two other coaches that I work with. They're like, we know what you do. We need to get you in this ice rink. And they pulled me back into it. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, like. That makes it's a perfect fit for me, obviously, but I didn't even think about it. I've been a life coach since 2004, never even considered it because I guess when you're in it, you just you're like, yeah, you know, it is what it is. But talk more about some of your accomplishments on the ice, you know, like how long were you competing at the senior level? What international competitions did you get to compete in? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, let me think about it. Sorry. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I've been out of competition for a few years now. Um, um, but I competed at the senior level, I want to say, four years international. That's incredible. Yeah, it was great. And um, I, you know, I'm an international medalist, um, Grand Prix competitor. Obviously, nice. I went to nationals several times. Um, yeah, and that was really you know, special part of my life. And I'm really proud of it. And since leaving competitive skating, I've skated professionally um, with Cirque du Soleil and then the TV show Dancing on Ice. I love that. Um, now, when is Dancing on Ice going to come to the States, do you think? I don't know. It would be really cool. Um, right now, yeah. it's it's just in England. Um, but for people that don't, don't know Dancing on Ice, it's like Dancing with the Stars. Right. Yeah, sorry. I've, <laughs> it's like Dancing with the Stars, where you have like professional dancers then teach celebrities how to 
skate um, and then they compete against each other. So that's so funny because a couple of weeks ago I had an episode air where I had um, Ava Otto. Her dad is John Otto, Otto, who's the drummer for Limp Biscuit. And she, she was competing with her dad on come dance with me. So it's kind of same thing, kind of like dancing Mm -hmm. with the stars, but they're all children that are really amazing dancers competing with a parent. That's so cute. Oh, I love that. (laughs) This is kind of, it's, it's just, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. So fun. Yeah. So Cirque du Soleil. Now, where was that show Cirque du Soleil where you, they had an ice portion of it? Yeah. So we were on tour. It was a show called Axel. Um, Axel. Cool. Yeah. Fun. Um, And I started with them in 2019 and then was touring up until March of 2020. And then tour got shut down, um, which is why I'm no longer with Cirque. But um, that was also a very cool opportunity that sort of skating opened the door for. So was it based around ice? And then they had, did they have the trapeze and all of that stuff going on while you were skating? Or how did that work? I, I'm so yeah. sorry that I missed that tour. No, they actually, they have another ice show as well. They, the first Cirque ice show was called Crystal and they, they're touring again now, which is really exciting. Um, our tour has not come back, but it was a nice show. Um, we had, I think, about 11 or 12 skaters um, and then many, many acrobats, musicians, um, aerialists, every, everything you would imagine seeing with Cirque du Soleil. Um, and then there were a lot of collaborative acts where we performed together. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a really cool show. That's so exciting. Okay. Yeah. So my backstory, which I don't talk about very much, I competed in singles okay. and I remember, and I'm tall. I'm like, I was five, seven. I'm now five, six. And my, my coaches, you know, at the age of 12, 13, they're like, you really need to go into ice dancing. And I'm like, Ugh. I mean, cause ice dancing, this is in the seventies. Like it was, I mean, it was still, it was different. I didn't know what I didn't know. I had no clue what an amazing sport it was. Right. So I had to stop competing at the age of 16 because we moved and the closest ice rink was 45 minutes away and there was no ice time. It was just a, they really didn't support figure skating. You know, there's a lot of rinks yeah. out there that are mostly hockey, especially yeah. in smaller, you know, parts of the country and whatnot. So I, I, in, I graduated from high school in 1983, like what, 10 years before you were born. I think. <laughs> and um, all I wanted to do was, was to skate with the ice capades. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I auditioned for the ice capades. I made it yeah. two weeks after I graduated from high school. Now, granted, I never even considered college because all I was going to do was skate with the ice capades. <laughs> Two weeks after I graduate from high school, I get this letter saying, congratulations, you're on a waiting list. And and then I thought about it. I was like, well, I'm kind of tall. They probably need, at that time, the ice capades was, the, they split the United States into three portions. Mm-hmm. So there was only three, you know, yeah, companies like, of, of yeah. the tour. And, um, I would have been obviously in the chorus, you know, and I'd probably be the only one in the center, right? Because because I'm so tall. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, no wonder. So I had to wait. So I actually, I never, I never got to skate. You know, oh. fast forward, you know, into my you know mid to late twenties when I started coaching, it was like there were so many more ice shows. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. but by that point, I was getting married. I was already married. You know, 
my ex-husband, he's now my ex-husband, there's no way he would have let me tour with an ice show, right? Yeah. But, um, but that's when I took up ice dancing and just fell in love with it. And I was such a better ice dancer than I could have ever been a figure skater, right? Because gravity is against you that with for women, the taller you are, right? Yeah. But um, it, it's so, it's just the most amazing thing. It's addictive. I, I think it's, once, once it's extremely difficult. Dance. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, people are like, well, what's harder doing a, a, a triple axel or doing, you know, a, a senior level dance? I'm like, they're not, it's apples and oranges. Like it you is. You can't really compare. Oranges. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it is, it's tough, but I do love it so much. Yeah. And you were, so you were in the area with the, the one team that just retired this year. Um, we have the one team that just retired. Um, they just competed in the Olympics. The, the team. Maddie and Zach? Yes. Yeah. But you had two really tough teams that you were always up against. We had a, I mean, U.S. ice dance is phenomenal. It's um, phenomenal. So it is, like, the level is just so high in, in this country, um, which is incredible. But really, if you're competing as an ice dancer in the U.S., you're competing against some of, you know, the best best ice dancers in the world which is so cool and like I mean to speak about Maddie and Zach like she was an incredible like just mentor to me in my career and you know reached out to me one of my first years on the circuit um just to offer help and advice and and to to talk to us um and she's a lovely person and so I'm I'm excited to see what she'll do in retirement um but I just really respect their careers yeah, no, they're, it's just incredible to watch. And yeah. I love how the sport has evolved. Mm-hmm. Um, even since, you know, I I ended up, because I did not have a gold medal in the sport. And when I, for those listening that don't understand it, skating, just like anything else, there's different levels. And to have a gold medal in ice dancing, which is what, which I achieved, is kind of like a black belt, like just to, to give people context, right? And when I was doing it um, back in the day, and I think they since changed that, um, I lost my lighting. I got to turn my monitor back on. Um, I think they've changed it, but you used to have to, if you wanted to get a standard gold medal, um, you, you know, we're not tested as an adult. So I could have tested as an adult, but I was like, no, you know, I've been on the ice for all these years, I want the real thing. Yes. So I had to solo all of my dances. Yeah. And that's hard. It's very hard. I was that's- 34 years old. And my last one was the um, Argentine tango that I had to solo. And I nailed it. I nailed it. My first try, I passed and I got my gold medal. And it was just, I was 34 years old. It's like, phew. Oh, that's incredible. It was like the yeah, hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> Soloing those dances, I think people don't realize because they're really made to skate with a they're partner. They're made to partner. Function, yeah, functionally, you're supposed to have another person there. So when you have to solo them, that's a whole Well, I was talking with one of the skaters that I'm working with, and I said, do you still have to do that? She's like, what are you talking about? I go, okay, I guess they eliminate it. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I did my mine several years ago, so they might have changed it since then, and I'm not. I'm yeah. Not up. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I want to start. So my goal, since I'm now – working with athletes again. I have a, I work with, I have a tennis player. I got some ice dancers. Mm-hmm. So I want to start getting in more professional athletes on my podcast mm-hmm. just to help that 
that audience, yeah. any athlete, because it doesn't matter what you're doing, right? Your mindset is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. What advice can you give an aspiring athlete that is hoping to turn professional and get paid for it? What advice could you give in terms of their mindset and how that is going to make a difference, make or break them in their, in their efforts to be a pro? That's such a good question. I feel like there's so many different facets, I guess, to to the mindset. Um, sorry, I have to think about that one. That's okay. <laughs> so, what did you do? What was your your pregame routine? Like, what did you what did you do to get yourself into the right mindset before you stepped on the ice? Um, there was a lot I did, and this is sort of specific because I skated with a partner. Um, but there was a lot Joe and I would do together to sort of be on the same page, um, and be ready to go step on the ice. Um, and just reassure each other that like we were there for one another. Um, because I think that's such a like pillar or like something to fall back on, um, that we could be a rock for each other when we went out there in front of all those people and it's slippery. Um, and so, yeah, we would usually spend those moments like before we got on the ice, sort of just reassuring one another that, that we had each other's back no matter what happened. Um, and, and that helped me a lot. And I think still to this day helps me when we have to go skate, um, to know that we'll, we'll be a support to one another no matter what happens. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, cause there's such a trust factor there between yeah, the two of you, on the, especially you have to trust him because he's lifting you and spinning you. Yeah. Yeah. But he's got to trust me when he's putting me up there too. I can't (laughs) watch it, buddy. I've got weapons on my feet. (laughs) Stuff for both of us. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So let's talk about your book. Um, It appeared in the, your writing has appeared in the New York times and you, you have your memoir on top of glass, my stories as a queer girl in figure skating. So what prompted this, this book and, and tell us about it. Um, okay. So I, while I was competing, I went to university at the same time. Um, and I studied English. I've always loved writing. Um, and I've always been a big reader. So that was sort of my other life outside of skating. I think I thought like, I didn't necessarily, I was the opposite where I thought, I didn't really see myself going into professional skating. I was like, oh, I'll have to find something to do when competition's over. So I went to school, but then Cirque recruited us, and now I love professional skating, and I sort of got, like, tossed into that world. Um, But I went to school because I wanted to be a writer, and then my last year at university, um, I sort of, like, on a whim, um, impulsively submitted this essay I wrote to the New York Times Modern Love College essay contest Um, and it was published which was really incredible and special yeah and then after it was published I had a literary agent reach out to me um, and ask if I wanted to write a book and I couldn't say no to that Um, no because as a writer (laughs) myself just to get a literary agent is nearly impossible Oh my gosh, I, I lucked out. Um, yes. So, and yeah, my agent's Jess, she's amazing. Um, and so I was really lucky that things sort of fell into place then. Um, and then, you know, I wrote a proposal for this memoir and sent it out to publishers. Um, and 
and then worked on a book. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Now, 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 talk about the book. It's it's your stories as a queer girl, but can you share any of those stories with the audience that you talk about in the book? Yeah, I mean, I like to tell people the book is sort of about figure skating, but it's mostly about being a teenage girl. Um, because I think growing up in figure skating, I experienced this sort of like heightened version of teenage girlhood. Um, everything, every well, other- Well, you're around a lot of adults all the time. Yeah, I was around a lot of adults all the time. Um, you have these like hyper, you know, like polarized versions of gender roles in skating. Um, and then also I moved away from my family at 16 um, and lived with two other teenage figure skaters. Um, and we sort of raised each other and looked out for one another. Um, and it was a unique experience. Um, that was challenging for sure. Uh, but yeah. I'm also like very grateful for. Um, so the book is just a coming of age story. Um, and it's got, you know, all the tropes of coming of age stories. It's got a prom scene and first kisses and makeovers. It's got my, you know, little like queer twist on all of those, um, those scenes. Love it. So what's next for you? Um, so right now I, you can see I'm in a sling. I just had shoulder surgery. I noticed that. I was like, well, I wasn't going to say anything. I'm like, you know, could be a new fashion trend. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so right now I am recovering. I'm off the ice for a little bit. Um, so what happened? It, so on this last season of Dancing on Ice, I dislocated my shoulder. Um, oh no! Badly. <laughs> Did you fall? Um, no, it was just like a lift went a little awry. Oh um, goodness gracious! Yeah, but it's it's kind of a common injury among skaters. Okay. Um, it sometimes just after years of you know partnering at those speeds and pulling on one another and lifts and falls and everything. Um, so hopefully this will fix it. <laughs> um, <laughs> So do you have any other shows coming up? Are, are you planning on writing any more books? Yeah, I am spending a lot of time writing now because I am off the ice. Um, I would love to write fiction. I write a lot of poetry. Um, I think I'm going to take a step back from the memoir and nonfiction stuff for a little bit. Um, but I'm definitely working on writing right now while I'm off the ice. And then uh, I definitely I love professional skating. So when I'm recovered, um, hopefully I'll be back in some shows. I did... I Dance International last fall. If I'm ready, I'd love to do that again. Um, I'd love to go back to Dancing on Ice next season. So we'll just see. <laughs> Taking now, it one since, day at a time right now. So since we don't, we can't really see it, I guess you have to have special satellite TV or, or something to watch it. How did you end up doing on the show? Oh, last season was great. We actually won. You did? Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. realize that. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it was really exciting. That's incredible. Thanks. Wow. Oh my gosh. I am so proud of you. Oh, and this thank has you. Been such a great conversation. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience before we finish up? No, just thank you so much for having me. This has been wonderful. I'm so glad we've made this connection. Yes, exactly. And I'll make sure your website and your Instagram is in the show notes. It's just her Instagram is Karina Manta, website KarinaManta.com. And it you. looks like your book, you can find it anywhere. Anywhere books are sold. Anyway, um, but 
but I love indie bookstores. So if you can, (laughs) support them. (laughs) All right. Karina, thank you so much. Best of success. I'm definitely going to be watching you and I'm going to try to see a way to to watch your show because I I would love to see that. I've seen clips. I saw some clips because there's stuff on YouTube and stuff. Yeah, Yeah. on YouTube you can find some of them. And I love the Platinum Blonde. Oh, thank you. I mean, I do need need my roots done now. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right. Take care, Karina. Thank you so much. I so enjoy talking with Karina and just love everything that she's doing, obviously. Love that she's now skating professionally and she's writing and just, like I said, that's really who I wanted to be when I grew up. So you can check out Karina on Instagram at Karina Manta, and her website is also Karina Manta, and go check out her book. So thank you so much for listening today. As always, I hope that you and your family are healthy and safe, and that your lives are filled with peace, joy, and happiness. Take care, everyone.